Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Willie King. Markets are consolidating after a stellar November for stocks, bonds, and non-US dollar currencies. This came after the S&P 500 broad-based benchmark climbed over 8% in November, a feat achieved fewer than 10 times during that same month since 1928. So far, investors have been taking on more risk, driven by rising expectations that major central banks are done with their interest rate hikes. However, markets seem to be taking one step back and are now looking for validation from improving inflation data to consider cutting rates in 2024. So what do investors need to watch out for and what are the implications of recent US data on equities? Joining us on the line today as we unpack all of this is Audrey Goh, Head of Asset Allocation and Thematic Strategy of Standard Chartered. Good afternoon, Audrey. Great to speak with you again. Hi, Willie. Hey, great. And thanks for joining on the show. So from the last time we spoke about this year's bull run, the latest US earnings on major markets and the expected contraction in the jobs market. Now, with this ongoing November rally, what do you think are the risks you are seeing here that could actually stop this rally? Well, I think bond news is certainly one of them, right? Because we've seen this pretty sharp rally in equity markets especially after some of the U.S. jobs data came in, we can expect it. Obviously, there was also Fed speakers, which sounded a bit more balanced in terms of the monetary approach. So this is one key factor that we'll be monitoring for one. And the second key factor is really recession, because uh, while we are seeing some growth slowdown, which is supportive of the Fed due to low inflation, but if the slowdown becomes too drastic, leading into an outright recession, then obviously that will put the recent risk rally at risk as well. Mm, and it seems like markets here are sort of starting to go back into the fixed income market and I've recently read your weekly report and what it says you know the weekly 10-year government bonds have tested that key technical support level now tell us more about this I mean the market's view on the Fed and the inflation so our view is going through from now to the end of going into 2024 our expectation is inflation should continue to ease by virtue of base effect as well as oil price also easing lower mm. and of course some moderation in growth as well so what this means is this should allow the Federal Reserve to at least pause, if not move into a great cutting cycle, maybe towards the mid or not second half of next year. So for that matter, our key conviction or key overweight going to 2024 is really a one in terms of fixed income assets because yields are actually quite high. If you think about it, you know, just three years ago, you know, government bond yields were probably under 1% and now we are you know, 4% and above if you talk about US government bond yields. So that particular asset class, we find it very attractive given the high yield on offer. And in the event that the Federal Reserve were to cut interest rates, then what that means is normally when interest rate goes down, bond price goes up. So there's also some scope for capital appreciation. So that's one key area that we like. Mm. And between toggling between the yield curve, you're talking about how capital has actually flown into the fixed income market. Is it more preferable to actually move from a shorter duration to a longer duration or a longer maturity fixed income space here? So at the moment, if you look at how the yield curve is laying out, we still have you know yields on short-term maturity bonds higher than long-term maturity bonds. So this is what we call as an inverted yield curve. So clearly, you know, for many people, it could be attractive to stay in the short side. But given our expectation of rate cuts going into next year, you know, against the backdrop of weaker data, we do see value and opportunity in longer duration bonds. Because mm. normally when for long duration bonds, they tend to be a bit more sensitive to interest rate move. 
So when there's a rate cut, long duration bond tend to go up more compared to short duration in terms of price appreciation, which is why our son going into 2024 has been to whenever there are any spikes in yields for investors to really consider extending in terms of their bond maturity. Mm. Now, I just want to talk a bit about stocks here. I mean, looking into equities, the equities market, talking about the emotions on the market, you know, we do notice that you have a fear and greed indicator in your report. Now, share with us more about what's your fear and greed indicator telling us about market sentiments. So our fear and greed indicator is made up of indicators coming from all six, seven different categories of things that we look at. For example, market momentum, market breadth, how about market volatility and so on. So right now, this momentum is signaling greed sort of territory, you know, just went into a greed territory. But it is not overly high in terms of that. But I think what it signals to us is in the short term, given the significant rally that we have seen, because it's a short-term indicator, given the significant rally that we have seen in equity markets and risk assets, what it means is I wouldn't be surprised if there were to be some sort of pullback, you know, going into the next couple of weeks, given that right now our greed and fear indicator is actually in a greed territory, a bit slightly risky from a short-term perspective. And talking about this indicator, you know, what are the implications of recent US data? I mean, you talk about Black Friday consumption figures, the recent third quarter real GDP on the equities market. So when we look at the recent consumption data, and I think that's from a fundamental perspective, actually we're quite heartened to see that the US Black Friday sales actually were pretty strong. And we've also seen the US Q2 GDP being revised upward as well. So growth is actually quite resilient from that point of view, even though when we look at the recent Savage book, there are some signs of deterioration at the margin in terms of consumer spending. So that's a mixed picture in terms of consumer outlook. So then from our perspective, we do believe that this still fit into picture of gradual growth deceleration, which is likely to lead to a pullback in inflation that would then allow the Fed to pause and to us, that means going into 2024, the environment is almost one of an immaculate disinflation where you have got inflation coming off, but growth while slowing, but still relatively resilient, not in recession. And this is usually an environment that will pretty well when it comes to both equity assets as well as fixed income assets. Yeah, I mean, talking about Fed taking a pause in their rate hike, we're also looking at sectors here, the equity sectors here, and it seems like, you know, you're talking about consumer discretionary the IT sector, communication services has so far outperformed this year in the market. Now, what are the sectors you are actually expecting to continue to outperform the market? And what are the other sectors which may potentially underperform? So from our perspective, when we look at the sectors, our preference continues to lie with consumer discretionary as well as technology companies. I think for one, if you think about resiliency of margins and quality of companies, these two sectors certainly stand out. So in an environment where you expect growth to weaken somewhat and maybe corporates may sort of, you know, lose some of their pricing power to some degree given that inflation is not as high, we like companies in sector which have strong pricing power. And this is where the companies within discretionary as well as consumer services as well as in tech actually stood out to us really, really well. The other sector that we like is on healthcare as well because, like I mentioned earlier, our base case is for soft lending, which is the immaculate disinflation scenario. But in the event that the economy slows and continues to slow into a recession, then you also want to have some more defensive sectors to balance out your allocation. And in this case, the likes of healthcare is actually stood out very, very well because when we look at healthcare earnings during periods of recession, they tend to be also very, very resilient, unlike many of the other more sectors where you really see a deep plunge in terms of earnings. Mm, so talking about resilience, defensive sectors as well. Now, how about sectors which might actually underperform in this current market environment? 
So when we look at this environment, I think utility is one of them because weaker environment, I think while we find that utilities, you know, generally their revenues can be quite resilient, but it depends on what drives the recession because if you think about it, if it is of the set, you know, making interest rates stay high for longer, then the likes of utilities tends to have higher leverage ratio, right. which means that they have higher debt, so they have more interest payments to pay in an environment where growth is expected to slow. So unlike many of the tech company, technology companies, which are in net cash position, meaning that they have more cash than debt in their balance sheet, uh, it is actually the reverse for utility companies. So this will be probably one sector we are a little bit more cautious on. I guess it's not so much about corporate earnings power, but more on the leverage itself, where you're actually looking at some of this underperformance. Mm. Yep. So one more question before we let you go, Audrey. Now, talking about the US dollar, I mean, we have seen the dollar strength in also the recent weeks or, you know, over the last one and a half months or so. What are your views on on the dollar going forward? So the US dollar has been on quite a tear in the beginning of the year where we've seen pretty significant US dollar appreciation. Uh, but obviously that sort of took a dive lower over the last couple of months. So against the backdrop, we actually largely expect consolidation sort of, you know, range trading over a 12-month horizon. And the reason is because if you look at the rate hikes by central banks in most of G10 economies, Actually, rate hikes appears to be toward, have ended, if not towards the tail end, right? So, what this means to us is, you know, going forward from an interest rate differential perspective between the US and the rest of the world, that may be more stable as compared to the last maybe 18 months, 24 months ago. So, in terms of FX activity or FX market, this may lead to more subdued movements. So, all expectation is US dollar is likely to enter into a phase of consolidation. And where, in terms of the currencies that we like, we actually like Aussie dollar as well as New Zealand where we believe that any pickup in the growth momentum in China, as well as a broadly weaker US dollar, should support these two currencies. Mm, so the Australian dollar and New Zealand dollar. We have been speaking with Audrey Goh, Head of Asset Allocation and Thematic Strategy at Standard Chartered. Thank you, Audrey, for your time and your insights. Thank you. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.